This is the Barbecue Central Radio Show, which is recorded live each Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central Radio Show is being brought to you by The Barbecue Guru, the original creators of automatic temperature control devices, now offering four different models for you to choose from. Rest easy knowing that The Barbecue Guru is controlling your temperature so you can get on with your life. Visit bbqguru.com or call 800-288-GURU for more information. And by Fred's Music and Tasty Licks BBQ Supply, your online barbecue and grilling superstore. From cookers to grills, wood chips and chunks, and everything in between, also be sure to try the Tasty Licks barbecue brand of rubs and sauces. Check Fred out online at tastylicksbbq.com. And by Stephen DeFranco Jewelers. Located in beautiful Willoughby, Ohio, Stephen DeFranco Jewelers is a family-owned and operated business looking to service the great folks of the barbecue and grilling world. Get free shipping and big discounts by mentioning my name and the term Barbecue Brother. Check out their inventory by visiting stephendefranco.com. And by Butcher Barbecue, with 30 years of experience in retail, wholesale, meat markets, food service, and customer service. Using that experience, everything they do and sell at Butcher's Barbecue comes from real-world knowledge. Check out their award-winning spices, sauces, marinades, and injections by visiting ButcherBBQ.com. Always trust your butcher. And by the Barbecue Institute. Take your barbecue to the next level with the Barbecue Institute class. Pitmaster Conrad Teddy Bear Haskins uses his years of catering and restaurant experience combined with food science and smoking secrets to help you understand how to improve your barbecue. Visit bbqinstitute.com and register for classes today. And by Barbecuers Delight Wood Pellets. Making pellets since 1994, two-thirds oak, one-third flavor wood, giving you that sweet, succulent smoke that you're looking for on your meat, both for grills and bullet-style smokers, and, of course, in larger quantities for your pellet-fed smokers. Find them at bbqrsdelight.com. This is Huck Jr., the host of In the Hut. And you listen to the Barbecue Central Radio Network. All barbecue and grilling all the time. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the Barbecue Central Show. The show where we talk about all things that are important in the world of barbecue. From big name interviews with competitors on the barbecue circuit, grill manufacturers and pit makers, to advice on cooking brisket and ribs. You'll find it all right here on the Barbecue Central Show. Your host, Greg Rempe, is a backyard barbecue and grilling fanatic and loves to talk about his passion, which many of us share together. You can learn more about barbecue and grilling by visiting the website, thebbqcentral.com. Now, let's get in the smoke. Here's your program host, Greg Rempe. Hey gang, welcome to another edition of the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. This is the show where we talk about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling, originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. Rapidly becoming known as the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you on this Tuesday. 
Numbers to get in touch with the show in case you want to jump in. More than happy to have you. 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com are the two ways to get in touch with the show if you are interested. You always have the option of just laying back, enjoying the content value of the show, whatever that may be. I try my very best each week to have some things planned out. Some things can look, it's a live show, right? You can scour the podcast directories, uh, the iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, all of these different directories, and find a number of podcasts that are produced that are what this show used to be five years ago, six years ago, which is a uh, raw recorded show. And then it's edited. The ums and the ahs are taken out. Bad guest answers are taken out. It's pre-produced. It's put up there to sound just as professional as possible. And while that show, this show tries to achieve that as well, we do things just a little bit differently. And you know what that is? We do it live. Do it live each and every Tuesday. Now, the show, of course, is recorded, and then it's put up in podcast fashion for the people that can't. Tune in at the 9 to 11 o'clock hours each and every Tuesday. But if you can join in, if you can find the time, you get to hear the show happen live. You never know what's going to happen. Technical difficulties. I might say something outlandish. My guests might say something outlandish. It's always better to hear live and in person if possible. All right, here's what's happening on the show tonight in case you have not gotten the newsletter or maybe you don't subscribe to the newsletter or anything like that. Coming up in about uh, 13 minutes from now, we're going to be joined by Matt Dalton, first-timer of the show. He is the pitmaster of Left Coast Q. These guys are on a terrific roll this year. Obviously from the name, uh, located on the west portion of the country. So we'll talk to him about this weekend's past competition that they took grand champion in, barbecue in general, all that good stuff. So that'll be Matt Dalton coming up around 14 past the hour. 35 past the hour of 9 o'clock, we'll find me talking with a new friend of the show, Chris Grove. He is the guy that founded NibbleMeThis.com. Aside from many other credits, he's also a guest writer for Grilling.com. He does some stuff with Bush's Baked Beans. I think there was something else that I'm forgetting right off the top of my head as well. So he's a guy that's well-invested uh, and diversified in the land of barbecue and grilling. He's going to be 35 past the hour. Then we move into the second hour, 14 past the hour of 10 o'clock. Kevin Bevington, HomeBarbecue.com. Also, the creator of this fine medium, Outdoor Cooking Channel, is going to be joining us. We're going to change it up a little bit, if you will. We are going to talk more directly to the offset people. How to build the fire. Look, when I had an offset, and I did for like three or four years, I had no idea how to build the fire. It was one of the scariest things ever because it was one of the most important things. If you couldn't keep a proper fire and learn how to keep a proper fire... You were really kind of in a crappy situation due to the fact that you were going to be fighting temperatures and your fire was going to be smoldering instead of burning clean and all that other stuff. So what I thought we would do is we'd uh, take it back a notch, a little how-to segment, and certainly nobody better to talk to than Kevin Bevington, who had uh, for years cooked on a Lang uh, cooker, if I'm not mistaken. So we'll talk to Kevin a little bit about that. And then uh, some other things as well, maybe a little update on this fine network, OutdoorCookingChannel.com. Of course, he had moved on to the regional rounds and Sam's Club, so we'll see how that cook and the practice is progressing and a number of other items as time permits. And then helping me close out the show around 10.35 tonight, Scott Roberts from ScottRobertsWeb.com. Monthly contributor to the show, we're going to be talking new sauces and rubs 
and all of that good stuff. Plus, your uh, phone calls and emails sprinkled in there as you would like. So be sure to take advantage of that, 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. Two things that I definitely want to hit here before we step away to the first break. Uh, first and foremost, and I'm sure many of you have uh, seen this, but I did want to have, have seen this. Uh, I did want to make special mention. Uh, Brent Walton, the Q, the king of Q, uh, a lot of you guys would know him from the Q and for you barbecue team and the restaurant, uh, passed away. Uh, I believe it was Friday and, uh, he was 57 years old. It leaves behind a barbecue family that has been touched by his creativity and willingness to teach those who just wanted to learn. Brent was the face for the Q and for you barbecue house in Clovis, California, and just recently it opened a second location in Fresno, Q and for you barbecue and spirits was the name of that place. Uh, over uh, like 23 championships to be exact, uh, he was uh, winning the 2007 King of Q, which is the top recognition for any barbecuer, and was a big thinker. There was no cookie cutting ideas nor copycat plans. Uh, Brent went big, like his saying, "Go big." Or go home. So, uh, Brent, we hold one up to you tonight, buddy, and uh, we send you off to the big smokestack in the sky. Uh, thanks for all you did for barbecue. Lots of people will be missed. Uh, so rest in peace, Brent, to you. And uh, really kind of a, a double shame for me in the fact that I was actually going to look for him for an interview. So uh, I'm remiss that I, I didn't have the urgency to, to strike up that interview and get him what I could. Uh, so wanted to mention Brent and, again, recognize everything that he has done to help advance this industry that we love and adore so much. Secondly, programming notes. Next week, which will be the week of the 16th, so that'll be show uh, on the 17th, and then two weeks after that, which would be May 1st, if you can believe it or not, I am going to have guest hosts. That's right. Uh, sitting in for me next week, a former sponsor of the show, a guy who has his own internet radio show, Shane Draper, will be sitting in. And we're going to... Uh, for this for this point... Oh, I'm sorry. And then uh, May 1st, a guy who has uh, already hosted the show in my absence one other time, uh, Huck Jr. will be sitting in. Uh, so I appreciate them. Uh, but instead of like me lining up gas and doing all this other stuff, I have some commitments to the show that have to happen, namely a sponsor obligation. So they're going to do the live reads for me for sure. So uh, sponsors rest easy. Uh, you will get what you pay for. Uh, but secondarily, I think it's important that these guys come on and they do their own show. Uh, they get the two-hour slot on Outdoor Cooking Channel. The audio feed is going to suffer for sure because I have no way of connecting those guys in. But they're going to be able to do the video feed, so you're just going to come right to Outdoor Cooking Channel, and you're going to be able to see the Barbecue Central Radio Show uh, live in person on Outdoor Cooking Channel, but it's going to be with two different hosts. So you're going to have Shane Draper next week, two weeks after that. Uh, I will be back for the 24th show, and then on May 1st, Bruce McCall Jr., a.k.a. Huck Jr., host of In the Hut, which can be seen here on Outdoor Cooking Channel, will host the show in my absence as well. And this is very exciting for me just as a fan of listening to radio is having a show and then hearing a guest host come in and see what they do with the show, see what their take is on the industry. Maybe they take away – look, 
let's be honest, the show, this show, does slant a little bit more towards competition because it's something that's ever changing. It allows me to do this show in a repetitive format week after week. It's always something new that we can talk about. But I also want to be able to do how-tos and talk with the pit manufacturers and the accessory makers and all that stuff. So I'm very interested to see, A, what Shane is going to bring to the table next week. And I'm also interested to see what Huck Jr. is going to be bringing to the table three weeks from now with their guests and, again, their views and I think it's good to get some of these guest hosts in there. It gives them a little bit more recognition. Uh, they're obviously able to pimp whatever it is that they're up to and doing in business. And uh, I should mention, by the way, as we go to the new product cam, uh, I got this in the mail the other day, and that is from Shane Drape himself. Mood Enhancer. You remember uh, the chain was talking about bringing a new beef rub out to the show, or, well, using the show as a vehicle to get it out there. Um but he was just in the beginning process of getting it to market. And this is Mood Enhancer Bovine Enhancement Powder. So check it out if you are looking for a new beef rub. Haven't had uh, time to actually test it yet because I just got it in the mail like the other day. But it's definitely going to go on anything that has anything to do with beef. I can guarantee that. So thanks to Shane for dropping that in the mail for me. And I will be trying it and giving you my own uh, two cents worth down the road. All right, we're going to come back with Brent. I'm sorry, with uh, Matt Dalton from Left Coast Q. But first, take your barbecue to the next level, gang, with a Barbecue Institute class. Pitmaster Conrad Teddy Bear Haskins uses his years of catering and restaurant experience combined with food service and smoking secrets to help you understand how to improve your barbecue. Backyard barbecuers and those folks who want to open a barbecue business drive and fly in from all over the world for the Institute's small, friendly, informative classes. The Barbecue Institute has a full schedule of classes in Texas right now covering everything from a short fajita class to an all-day class on how to smoke the classics like brisket, pork, ribs and chicken now let me ask you a question do you ever dream of opening your own barbecue business a lot of people do now let me tell you something about this one of the most popular classes at the barbecue institute is the commercial barbecue class you can learn from conrad's years of experience owning restaurants and catering companies how to produce a product that your customers will become addicted to that's repeat business Nothing is as expensive as failing in a commercial venture, and this class has helped students start successful barbecue operations all over the world. Now, having owned too many cookers of every shape and size, and all three major brands of commercial pits, Conrad is finally having his dream classic Texas offset smoker built, which I believe is finished, by the way. It's based on his current Gator, but has all the features he has always wanted in a pit. This summer, Conrad is taking the new Gator pit on a coast-to-coast teaching tour. It will kick off in Prosser, Washington on June 2nd. It will culminate with a trip to Riverhead, New York on August 3rd. Check the Barbecue Institute website for details, including the locations of the stops Conrad will be making in between those two beginning and end locations as they're announced. Now, when not teaching classes on the weekends, Conrad is conducting private classes and corporate events from coast-to-coast during the week to make your next off-site event really memorable. Have a Barbecue Institute off-site party showing your employees you care with the very best barbecue that money can buy. They will be talking about it for years to come. They'll want to come back to work each and every day. So your turnover is low. Just because you brought Conrad in, he's doing you favors you don't even know about. For details on the Barbecue Institute classes, visit bbqinstitute.com or check their Facebook page for latest news and pictures. That's bbqinstitute.com. Dot com, Teddy Bear Conrad Haskins. All right, we're going to step away. 
And when we come back, Matt Dalton from Left Coast Q will be talking about the big win this past weekend, aside from some other things. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Networks. Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. Coming up on 14 past the hour, 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com are the two ways to get in touch with me. My first guest tonight has been having a very good 2012 in regards to competition. They scored a fourth overall at the ACM Barbecue Throwdown a few weeks ago. Finally captured that elusive first grand championship this past weekend in Wildemar, California. Hopefully I said that city right. At the Ultimate Barbecue Showdown East versus West, the third edition, they are currently fifth overall in KCBS Team of the Year points chase. And here to talk about this past weekend, none other than Pitmaster of Left Coast Q, Matt Dalton, joins me here on the show. Matt, how are you, buddy? How are you? I'm doing absolutely fabulous, Matt. I appreciate you taking time out here for the show. Now, Look, Matt, I mean, we talk about length of teams and how long you guys have been on the circuit. I guess you could say you're a relatively new team. So before we jump into this past weekend and break down the event itself and the categories, you know, the West Coast is becoming more and more relevant on the competition scene. Not necessarily a place you immediately consider to be a barbecue hotbed, but you and a good handful of other teams out there are doing your best to change that mindset. Have you always been into barbecue or is this something that you just decided to get into a little bit later in life? Um, it's something I decided to get into a little bit later in life. Um, we started out in 2010, uh, we took a, a class from Myron Mixon and, uh, after that class, uh, we had three weeks later, we went and picked up a pit from him in, uh, North Little Rock, Arkansas. And, uh, right from that point, we were hooked. There was 228 teams. There it was a smoke on the water event, um, Ronnie Cape event. And, uh, after that, we came back to California and, uh, it just basically it took that, uh, backyard level to the competition level. Um, it, it, it changed, changed my whole mindset of thinking about barbecue and uh, that's how we got into it. Matt, how did that first competition work out for you? What's that? How did that first competition work out for you? Oh, our first competition, it was a, we pulled off a reserve brand. Now, mind, mind you, we did a, about eight practices our first time out, okay? And we, we did fire control, flavor profiles. Um, we worked on a lot of things before we stepped out of the gate there. We, we, we were ripe. I mean, um, we had practiced our brisket. That was the first Wagyu brisket I'd ever cooked. Um, they had cooked a lot of primes before that, um, Went right in cooking that there, and uh, we pulled off a first and brisket out of 5014. Right at that time, it was a state record. Okay, so talk about being sucked in from that point. <laughs> we walked home with two five foot trophies and like another two foot trophy reserve grand, second in ribs, eighth in pork, and thirty uh, fourth in chicken. Yeah, but uh, 
So from that point on, I mean, you talk about being sucked in like a coin off a floorboard with a you know shop back. You know, whoop, we were we were sucked in. So, how do you how do you guys come up uh, with uh, Left Coast Q as a team name? Well, we were on a, a friend of mine that I my teammate Mo Lyons. Um, we were on a flight back from Georgia actually, and we we were talking about being serious with this and. Uh, He's the money backer, and I'm the cook, and uh, that's how it's always been. We said, we both said to each other, "Are you serious about this?" Yep, yep. We're going to dedicate it, you know, put everything into it. And uh, from that point on, we were started throwing around names that came out, you know, wet. There was a lot of West Coast stuff, and he said Left Coast, and I said that's it. I got on the phone with my dad, uh, designed the logo basically almost over the phone. I told him I wanted a big Q with the state of California. We wanted to represent California it, as as we got better, go other places that that is an identity to California to us, you know. All right, Matt, so let's go ahead and break down this past weekend. As I mentioned at the top, you were able to grab your first grand champion after a number of reserves. You know, you look back, how did the weekend go for you in general and was there anything out of the ordinary, uh, sorry, anything out of the ordinary that you had to contend with? Um Nothing really out of the ordinary. I will say uh, our hearts were a little heavy there in uh, Wildemar, uh, a really good guy that had uh, laid a lot of groundwork yeah, in yeah. California named Brent Walton, yeah. Q&For yeah. You, passed away. So uh, that was on a lot of people's minds there, and I do want to con- uh, put out condolences to Ken and the rest of the Walton family. And I mean, the guy really, he uh, mentored a lot of people in, uh, in the state of California and elsewhere, and I just wanted to put that out. So that was kind of on, um, on my mind. Um, the cook went normal as that always, you know, we, we always go there with the same game plan. We go there, we roll out of the driveway. We go there, they're thinking we're going to win. Now I don't mean that in a cocky way, but that's the mindset we have, you know? Um, so the chicken, we, we've kind of, uh, scaled back on some of the rubs and we're trying to achieve a little bit of a lighter color that happened. And we also landed our first first in chicken yeah i was gonna say matt um, let me let me if i could just interrupt here just for a second as, as we look at the categories individually here uh, you, as you just uh, referenced you, you take first in chicken you know as you were turning it in uh, you say you were making some changes to it uh, did you think it was first place chicken as you were running it over to the judge's tent okay well no you know not necessarily i thought it was first place no <laughs> um I knew it was good, and my taster, uh, my other teammate, James Miranda, he, he always tastes chicken. When he bit that chicken, it spit juice right onto his shirt. So that felt, and this was seven, eight minutes later, probably, I don't know, maybe ten. But uh, when that happens, I know that the ju- chicken's going to be juicy when it gets to the judge's table, and we've done fairly well in California. We won chicken team of the year here in California, so I know our flavor profile works, and uh, we're pretty much achieving bite-through juicy you know, juicy chicken every time. So, um, did I think it was first? No, because there's, there's so many good teams. And, and I, I talked to judges after contests and I asked them, you know, what was your, not like I'm showing them boxes or anything like that. But when I talked to them, you know, what was the best meat of the day? Oh, chicken. I mean, probably at the last 10 comps. So chicken is by far the, probably the closest, toughest category in California. Are are you a team, Matt, that, before you turn stuff in, you taste it, and if so, you will season it up one way or the other if you think something's lacking, or you just turn it in? Um, you know what? Most of the time, I just turn in, or I'll take a very small piece. I'm just, you know, you get to the point, and you've done so many conchas and eat so much barbecue, it's to the point where you don't even want to put any of it in your mouth, even if, you know, but 
I always taste a little bit, whether it's just a little piece, a little chunk here or there, or I'll have my teammate taste it, and they, they know the teammates taste it. They know the flavor profiles. More or less, I'm concerned about putting juicy pieces in the, into the box um, as far as, like, having that meat leaking, you know. Not not wet but right. or, or waterlogged, but, you know, cook correctly, you know. All right, so you take the first in chicken, so obviously very happy with that. Good way to start off awards. You got a little bit of a momentum going. Uh, ribs are up next. Right. You get a fourth overall in ribs, so definitely a very good uh, turnout for the number of teams there. Uh, were you happy with the ribs? Right. How did they turn out for you that day? Oh, I was happy with the ribs. I probably sacrificed a little bit on uh, appearance, but uh, I, I put juicy ribs in the box, and they were really nice and shiny, and uh, they, were, they were good flavor. Are you a spare rib guy, or are you a baby back guy? Spare. And are they uh, St. Louis trimmed? Yep. Okay. St. Louis cut. Good. Fourth nice overall. Symmetrical. Yeah, not, of course, right? How many do you get in a box these days? Well, it depends. Sometimes I'm throwing 10 in there. Sometimes I'm throwing 8. Um, sometimes when I have the big meaty ribs, you know, I can, uh, you know, I only run a small band of parsley on the side, and, you know, if I could put 12 in there, you know, I was uh talking last week and we were in Vegas with the R&R barbecue and uh, pigs, pigskin, uh, Scott Nelson. And he said, you know, I'll put as many as I can in there. Same thing with Darren Worth. When we met him, he said, this is a meat contest. Fill these, fill these boxes up. You need more meat, you know? So I, I've always, I like to, uh, you know, meet these people from that's, that's what it's about to us meeting all these wonderful people around the country. And I mean, I can call them up. We're going to cook in Iowa this uh, this year, you know. So um, we do fill the boxes up. All right, so uh, you got fourth overall there. You had the first in chicken. Pork comes, so you get tenth call. So, you know, three calls out of the first three categories, so that's nice. Uh, were you satisfied with pork? Did you think there was something a uh, little bit lacking? Um, you know, that's kind of been our weak, weak spot this year. Uh, it's been our strong suit before. It's something that kind of goes up and down. Uh, it got called in Vegas, you know, um, and I've been building the same box probably, oh, I don't know. It's That box has done well in Arizona. Uh, the last couple of years I've cooked in Mesquite and we've built the boxes there, same thing. Um, here in Vegas it got called, um, but here it was tents. I thought it looked better than tents to me, but uh, it was a call, so we were happy with that. All right, then you move on to the fourth category, so brisket. Uh, what ends up being 14th overall, but of course you don't get a call. Where did the brisket right. come out for you? What do you think? Um, you, you know, I thought it was you know, I thought it was pretty good as usual. Uh, that same brisket just landed in second place in Vegas out of 111 teams. So I mean, um, I, I think maybe it could have been maybe a little more done. I don't know. It, it, it was pretty soft to me. Uh, sometimes that flavor works. Sometimes it doesn't. I gave it a little dip. Sometimes I haven't dipped. I added there's a there's a big thing going on the brethren right now about burn ins and I put them in this week. Maybe I should have left them out. I don't know. They were in, in that put them in in Vegas. Uh, who knows? You know, it's such a crapshoot. It's such a fickle game. You know, when when it comes down to that last brisket call now, mind you, Big Papa Smokers has they have a second in chicken right behind us. They have a fifth in ribs right behind us. Right. No pork call now. A first in brisket. So we're thinking, and then there's a, a smattering of other teams that have got calls. So I walk over to them. I'm telling them, you know, I think congratulations. You guys got this. <laughs> well, yeah, so I was going to say. And lo and behold, they get called in eight, you know. 
Well, that's the thing uh, that so I always find. How it goes. Yeah, I mean, I always find that fascinating about competition barbecue. We're talking with Matt Dalton, by the way, of Les Coves Q. You know, I was going to say, you know, I imagine the overall awards kind of set up pretty tough for you guys. You get three calls. One of them is a win. You see some other teams getting called fairly consistently through individual categories as well, like you just mentioned. Did the no call and brisket freak you guys out the closer they came to calling reserve grand and grand champion? Or did you think at all that you had finally broken through and gotten that elusive GC? A lot of people started kind of looking at me, and uh, you know we've been there so many times, Greg. That was our set. Uh, well, we've had we had seven reserves, and uh, we've been in that position t- so many times. I mean, it's uh, always the bridesmaid, I, at that right? Moment, I was thinking, <laughs> hell, I don't, I don't know if we have this right now. You know, I thought Big Papa's had it, but then when they got called eighth, then it kind of opened the door. But I still wasn't thinking. Once once they started calling the teams that had good calls in front of us. Or you know, you know, the lower calls. Then I was kind of thinking, but it, it's still not until they, not until they spit our name out of their mouth was I going to believe we won. Now you take the overall. It, what ended up being like a six-plus point lead, so you know, pretty convincing victory is. Competition barbecue right. is related. It's not a half a point or you know five hundredths of a point or anything like that. Having been in that you know bridesmaid instead of a bride seat so many times already, would it have been a disappointment to get another reserve grand? Would you have been like, geez, what does it take to break through? Um, you know, no, not really, because you know what, it's it's we've been there so many times. Yeah, I mean, like I, like I was saying earlier, I want to win every contest I go to, you know, but that that's just not reality. We know better than that. But that is the mindset, you know. Um, there's so many good teams out here in the West. I mean, it's just not just California. You got Arizona too that that are that are in the top five, right? Or you know, the top twenty. I mean, I know it's early in the season and the Midwest hasn't gotten fired up yet. But when you're putting yourself up there right now, you're giving yourself a better shot at the end of the year. We're looking at about I don't know, probably twenty comps. That will that be enough? I don't know. Now, does getting that first grand champion give you any more confidence moving forward this year, or is it just kind of a, a notch in the belt? Um, yeah, it gives me confidence. I, it, it's like every cook. I make these. I pick up these little adjustments, just just like from Vegas to here. What can I do different to make that end product the best piece of meat that judge puts, can put in their mouth at, on that given day on that table? You know, and that's our. I do that at every contest. And, you know, sometimes we'll change up even a rub here or there or, you know, a little slight adjustment. But, yeah, it gives me confidence going forward knowing that it's the, the damn monkeys off our back now, you know. We're finally in that crowd. Flood, and, uh, floodgates have opened. <laughs> well, I, you know, I don't know about that. I mean, but uh, we, we've had a lot of calls at a lot of contests. You know, this past year, we from when we started out, there was probably a uh, almost year period there. We didn't have a reserve ground. We had a lot of, you know, mid third, fourth, fifth. Um, but we got that second, we back to back grand at Bakersfield. So we're going there again this May to try to wrangle away a big Weber. It's got a, the trophy's got a Weber grill on the top. We're trying to wrangle that away from uh, Dave Malone, who's been grand champ there two years running. So we have a little battle with him there. And that's where our weeks uh, lie there. Matt, Matt Dalton joining us here on the show, pitmaster of Left Coast Q. You want to check him out online, Left Coast, and then just the letter Q, leftcoastq.com is the place to go. You know, uh, I've talked to a lot of pitmasters this year. 
And you just mentioned it when we were talking individual categories that, you know, it seems a lot of people have been having a little issue with pork. And I guess my take on it just from hearing people talk because I don't cook is that maybe judges are starting to look for something a little bit different flavor profile wise than what has been winning in the past. Do you have any take on that at all? I, I think so. Maybe, maybe it's, maybe it's trending, you know, out here, maybe it's trending or something a little spicier as opposed to sweet. I don't know. Um, our pork's been up and down. I mean, we've had a, a couple first. We, we took first in pork and mesquite. We've cooked well in Nevada, but over here in California, the pork has kind of dived off or it goes up and down. And uh, this last weekend, I just built another, a, a different box. Actually, I put 14 pieces of money muscle in there. Wow. Now, uh, maybe that was a mistake. Maybe not all of them were as good as they could have been, but uh, it still took a call and it looked really good. Um, and I think there's so many ways to lay out pork um, that it's got to have that eye appeal and something different that stands out is going to get you that good appearance score. But, I mean, it's got to be moist and juicy, just like all the other categories. It's got to stand head and shoulders, whatever's next to it, you know. Are you, are you still cooking on those Jack's Old South cookers? Well, we uh, we switched up brisket. We're cooking brisket and chicken on a Mac, Pella said. Yep, yep. And then we're doing our uh, pork and um, ribs on the uh, Jack's Old South. We're cooking on pecan. And, uh, we're, you know, it's a, it's, it's a big smoker. I mean, we usually finish our uh, brisket on there once it's in the foil. But uh, the chicken, we uh, cook straight on the back. Let me ask you this question, Matt. And uh, you don't have to answer honestly if you don't want to. It seems that there are a lot of competition barbecue classes that have been spawning up three, four years now, and you get some guys that might have experienced a little bit of a success, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, you hear they're teaching classes. Is that something that you guys would be interested in doing? Would you teach a competition cooking class given the amount of success that you have had over your short span in the circuit? Um, you know what? It's something probably down the road. Eventually, I would think about something. I've had numerous people ask me, and they've told me they would take the class. Um, my take on that is, um, you know, you got to be a proven winner, uh, and not just one GC or one area. I mean, you got to be able to. In my mind, now this some people may feel differently about this, but uh, if you're going to teach on that national level, give you an example: Rhythm and Q out of Arizona. They've, you know, got 22 grand champions, I don't know, 18 reserves. They've cooked all over the country, and they've done well. That's someone that has carries prestige, a lot of respect for that team like that. Uh, uh, you get what I mean about that? Yep. Uh, yep. I, in my opinion, you've got you've to have clout. You've got to have uh, more than just one GC or a few reserves to, to uh, really go, go out there and prove to people or show people this is what it takes to really win. You know, um, I have, there's teams here in California that are taking a smattering of classes, but maybe, you know, some of them are getting a little mixed up, you know, take Johnny Trigg class, a Myron Mixon class, you know, a four legs up or, you know, you just, I'm, I'm just being generalizing here. Take a bunch of classes and then 
the end of like, well, which way to go now? You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, for sure. You got a lot of different forks in the road. We're talking with uh, Matt right. Dalton from Left Coast Q. Matt, we got about uh, 45 seconds left here. You know, you're sitting fifth overall, long way to go till the end of the year. But, you know, towards the end of that year, last quarter, you know, if you're still in it for team of the year, will you make a run for that title? Or are you just going to let the chips fall where they may? Oh, absolutely. We would make that run for that title. Uh, we got a few few contests coming up here towards the end of the year. Big Ronnie Cates one in uh, November out of Laughlin. I think there's three in October. There's a few in December. And they're all out here, so we would definitely try for that. We're- I'd like to also thank our sponsors, uh, the Rub Company and the Meat House out of Costa Mesa. And uh, I would also like to thank you, Greg, for having me on. Uh, I listen to your show all the time. and. Uh, oh. Say hi to all all our friend, friends and family out here in uh, California and Arizona. Yeah, and, uh, the rest of the country. Where, where are you going <laughs> to be? Uh, uh, yeah, pleasure being on. Where are you? Uh, where are you going to be competing at next, Matt? Our next contest: Long Beach, May 12th. Then we go to Bakersfield, Boulder, Nevada, uh, Costa Mesa Christie Foundation. Great contest. Yep. yep. Uh, Pachanga. So. Full schedule. Uh, then we're going to Iowa in July. So cool. You got, got a full schedule coming up. We're talking with Matt Dalton, pitmaster of Left Coast Q. Matt, appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on tonight, buddy. Thanks a lot, Greg. Yeah, you got it. There he is. Talk to you later. Matt Dalton, Left Coast Q. Yeah, great dude. Easily had uh, half an hour left to go with him, which only means bad news for him because he's going to have to come back on and do another show. Matt Dalton, LeftCoastQ.com. All right. Matt, maybe you're looking for a way to uh, help your pork scores out. Gang, if you're like me, you're always trying to think of a way to step your barbecue and grilling game up a notch. Look, there's no better way. There's no easier way than by adding a little butcher barbecue to your arsenal. That's right. That's this guy. Need some validation before you head on over to ButcherBBQ.com to order? Fine. How about this? Last three winners of the Houston Livestock and Rodeo Barbecue Competition have used and won with Butcher Barbecue. Top teams in KCBS, FBA, IBCA use Butcher Barbecue products. How about the fact that the pitmaster of Butcher Barbecue uses Butcher Barbecue products? Big surprise, right? All that did was get him third place team of the year for KCBS 2011. Need I say more? Now, we all know that Butchers is well known for their injections, the pork, the beef. Now you have that prime injection, which has combined all the things loved with their beef injection, using its award-winning flavor enhancer and its ability to keep your brisket juicy. They've combined it with what has become the competition standard in beef flavor. This is exactly what Dave uses at his competitions, and it's available for sale right now on ButcherBBQ.com. Now, perhaps you're looking for a go-to rub or sauce. Friends, you have hit the mother load here. Butcher's Barbecue has a full line of award-winning rubs, One of my personal favorites is that steak and brisket rub, but you can grab honey rub, you can grab that premium rub, especially if you inject with Butchers because it is formulated to work with the injection. Perfect one-two punch to impress judges and friends alike. And last but not least, Butchers Barbecue Sweet Barbecue Sauce off the chain when it comes to sauce. I'm as picky as it gets when it comes to getting any type of barbecue sauce unless I'm making my own. Butcher's Barbecue Sweet Sauce wins in every category for me. Not overly sweet, a nice slice of tang, just the right amount of back-end heat. For crying out loud, uh, no liquid smoke. Dave took the time and effort to make a high-quality sauce, and now you can take advantage of it as well. Grab a box of six because it's going to go very fast in the household, I guarantee it. 
Don't worry about breaking the bank on shipping either. Orders $55 or less ship at $7 U.S. dollars. 56 and up ship at $9 U.S. dollars, so it's very inexpensive and very economical to get your stuff. It's priority mail, too, so you get like two, three days tops. Head on over to ButcherBBQ.com. Stock up right now. ButcherBBQ.com. Butcher's Barbecue. Always trust your butcher. When we come back, we're going to chat with Chris Grove of NibbleMeThis.com. Stick around. We'll be right back. Smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampy. Big B, Moonshine Band, Suburban Voice Records. Let's go! I'm an outlaw. Give me two shots. We don't need a radio. All right, welcome back. 37 past the hour. This is uh, 877-448-0433. Greg at... The BBQ Central Show.com are the ways to get in touch with the show. My next guest runs one of the most popular barbecue and grilling blogs out there, aside from his main site, Nibble Me This. Also a VIP blogger for Grilling.com. He's on Johnsonville's Big Taste Grillers blogger panel. And he also blogs for Bush's Traditional and Grilling Beans. Friend of the show. Let's race over the hotline and welcome back Chris Grove to the show. Chris, how are you, buddy? Good, Greg. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing absolutely fantastic, Chris. Always appreciate you making time for the show. A lot of different things that we could cover here tonight, and uh, we should probably start out by saying, look, uh, you know, I host a show. I talk to a lot of pitmasters who are out there weekend in, weekend out doing this competition thing, and one that I have maintained that I have never thought anything about doing anything like that, never want to get out there and compete, just want to talk about it, be one of those guys that talks about it, never does it, because that's what I do. Those that can do and those that can't talk about it on a internet radio show. You're stepping outside the comfort zone, though. It's Memphis in May. You have some other cool friends that you're going to be doing this with. Uh, tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, I think I'm probably an idiot for doing this. <laughs> I've, I've been involved in barbecue. I've gone to competitions. I've taken the classes, and I know certain things you're not supposed to do, and I'm kind of doing a lot of them. Uh, I'll be uh, cooking my first contest, and I always figured my first one would be something, you know, a backyard somewhere. But uh, I'm using a cooker I've never used before. I'm not doing a recipe. I've done a lot, so I'm trying to screw everything up, so I'll probably come in first. Not only that, but you've decided to really take one of the most, uh, obviously, well, it's got a lot of history, and there's a lot of mystique behind Memphis and May, but... You know, it's probably not like one of the easiest competitions to cook. You maybe could have chose something that had like 25 or 30 teams local, you know, somewhere where you are. But you really mm-hmm. threw it all together. You're going to go down to one of the biggest events. That, I mean, parties like there, like crazy. Um, really kind of a, out of your comfort zone for sure, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I really, I'm like you. I never thought I would even try uh, uh, the competition because I've, I've seen what the guys do, the guys and girls do, and I know how hard it is. Um, and it's really hasn't uh, been something that I thought I wanted to get into, but, um, you know, when you get offered to be on a team, I get to be with, uh, Neil Gallagher and, uh, Eddie Medlin and Robin Lindars, uh, also friend of the, uh, barbecue central show. Yep. Um, I couldn't turn it down. You know, it's, this is a once in a lifetime shot. So I figured, how could I say no? 
So when you're uh, tasked with the fact that you're going to be cooking on something that you don't nor- don't normally cook on, is it something that you have availability around your local area where you can look at one and practice, or is this kind of <laughs> going in blind? Yeah, actually, I checked. We're going to be cooking on the uh, the uh, grill a pellet smoker, and um, uh, I checked with them, and they don't actually have anybody, uh, a distributor yet in East Tennessee, and really the closest person to me was Neil, who's also in Tennessee, but that's like you know, six hours from where we are. So uh, uh, I'm going to get some uh, work on some different pellet cookers and then just hope for the best. Well, the good news is this. The Grilla Pellet Cooker is going to be very user-friendly, so there's not going to be a huge learning curve because it is a pellet cooker, uh, and it is producing uh, a lot of great backyard barbecue, as I can attest to. Not sure about the competition side, so that's something you're going to have to report back on. Uh, You know, But as you're looking forward to Memphis in May and your teammates and all this stuff, uh, do you have any type of expectation whatsoever? Uh, I just hope I don't get the DAL category uh, winner thing. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I just hope to uh, have a respectable uh, showing and have fun and uh, learn a lot. I'm also looking forward to helping out with the other categories. We're just cooking. uh, Robin, uh, Eddie, and I are uh, heading up to People's Choice, which is probably the least stretch for a barbecuer like me or you, you know, because you're not cooking to the judges. You're cooking to general uh, population taste. So it's probably closest to my comfort zone than actual uh, turn-in boxes and things like that that you have to deal with. So when you're considering, or since you're going to be doing the people's choice, are you considering where you're going to be regional-wise, and are you guys game-planning and concocting flavor profiles that are indigenous to that area? Yeah, very specifically, because the, th- uh, the three of us are all uh, fans of the Piedmont-style sauces, but in general population, I don't think that's a safe bet to go with. So, uh yeah, we are uh, tailoring our personal taste to a more of a, a general flavor profile instead of trying to say, you know, we're going to use this specific region. Chris Grove joining us here on the show. Mibble, mibble, nibble me this dot com is the website <laughs> if you want to check it out. <laughs> mibble, that's it'll be your like offshoot website. Um, there, were, there was a couple new products that you have gotten into. Uh, one of them I just happened to uh, have here, believe it or not. It's called the uh, Draper's Barbecue Mood Enhancer. Uh, Shane and I were talking about this, oh, geez, it's probably been a couple months ago when he initially told me that he was going to get a beef rub out to market. Uh, imagine you've had time to actually try it out and give us some of your thoughts on it. Yeah, it's kind of irritated the Shane. I got that, and I read the Mood Enhancer label, and one night after the kids were in bed, I rubbed it on my wife, and she just got pissed off, so it doesn't really uh, no truth in advertising. Hello! <laughs> Um, no, I've, I've used it a couple times and I've really liked it. I've done it on, uh, steaks a couple of times. And, uh, uh, this past weekend I did, uh, two racks of beef ribs with it that, uh, came out really good. Um, I did, um, I, I like the flavor profile out of the bag. You know, it's your tradition, traditional salt, uh, paprika, onion, garlic powder, and that kind of stuff. The, I think the, uh, soy sauce powder kind of gives a, a unique uh, flavor to it, um, with the steaks, I, I found I like to add a little bit of black pepper with it as well. Uh, but the ribs turned out really good, especially when I used uh, the sauce with it. Let me ask you this, because when we talk about rubs and they're billed as both sides of the fence rub, so that means low and slow and then high heat. Whenever a barbecue guy tells me that, I always become a little bit on the edge because traditionally, because you're not cooking at... Uh, nearly as high temperatures with the low and slow. You don't have to worry about that sugar caramelizing or anything like that. Did you notice any type of burn or meat welding to the grill because of the high heat and the sugars caramelizing? 
Yeah, no, no welding accidents, no fusing to the uh, grates. Um, <laughs> no, I think it's because he uses the turbinado sugar, which you know uh, has a, a higher heat tolerance as it is anyway. Um, yeah, I, I was grilling uh, at uh, 500 degrees when I grilled my ribeyes and uh, had no problem on my big green egg. You know, you're you're definitely a big green egg guy, as cookers go. Name two or three things that you really love about that cooker that you would suggest. Because we had that was one of the Survey Tuesday questions that I haven't even bothered talking about tonight at all. Was uh, you know were ceramic cookers overrated? And I had maintained that because you're getting two cookers in one, one that can hold a true low and slow barbecue temperatures, and then one that can go afterburner F14 Tomcat Jones. That it, it, you're getting two in one, so the price tag might give you a little sticker shock up front, but when you really, uh, I guess, realize the potential, it's not nearly as bad. What do you think about it? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's up to uh, uh, the cooker. I mean, if you cook as much as I do uh, on the big green egg, I feel like I get my money back out of it, so I don't find it overrated. Um, you sure won't find me uh, taking it apart and hauling it over to Memphis in May. Um, so, you know, it's got that downside. But no, I, I mean, I like the fact that I can do the pizzas on it. Um, my wife actually got her a big green egg uh, last September, and she uses hers for uh, baking. She doesn't want me to ever get my uh, uh, pork butts or anything greasy in hers. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they're just so flexible. You know, you can uh, – I mean, I know a lot of those things you can also do on uh, Weber Smoky Mountains. You can do them even in a kettle grill. But, uh, yeah, I just prefer the ceramic. We're talking with Chris Grove from nibblemethis.com. All right, one of the other products uh, that you were talking about were the Bush Bush's Grillin' Beans, uh, the sweet mesquite flavor. So, you know, me and smoke flavor and anything, I always get very skittish right off the bat. Uh, you know, what's the flavor profile of these things like? It's, it's kind of funny you said that because in the uh, original conference call with them, um, they mentioned that it did have natural smoke flavoring. And, of course, I had to ask the question because uh, I knew you would. <laughs> and, yes, it does have a, a, a liquid smoke to it. But uh, like some of the, the sauces that you've had that have a little liquid smoke into them, but it's done right. Yeah. Uh, that's what I think they've done. And I do want to be out front with everybody and make sure they know I am sponsored by Bush Beans. Um so, you know, this, you know, I don't want people to see that later and think that I was paid to say that because I've used bush beans since, you know, my mom first taught me how to make barbecue beans. But um, the thing I like about the grilling beans, especially, uh, is that uh, during the week, it's great to just be able to, you know, when you're just grilling something for 10 minutes, you don't have time to make your normal barbecue beans that take, you know, an hour or 90 minutes in the smoker. And with these, you can have them ready to go. They have a great sauce. Um, but the, uh, sweet mesquite, what I like special about them is they're black beans and I'm, I like Southwest flavor profiles, but these are black beans with onions and, uh, red bell peppers and they just simmer it in the, uh, sweet and smoky sauce. And it, it really works. It comes out great with, uh, as a side for fajitas and things like that. I love them. You know, when you were approached by Bush's grilling beans or just Bush's beans in general. And I am not sponsored by Bush's beans and it's the only beans that I buy. Um, I probably don't use them in the traditional sense. I drain a lot of stuff out, but I doctor my beans up a lot. But as a base, uh, to me, you can't find any better beans out there, especially for the price. So I use them all the time. Uh, do you, I mean, are you excited to get approached by a company of this size and in the industry? Is it kind of gratifying to know that you're, you were writing initially just to write, and now somebody has seen your vision and, and they want to get behind you like that. Yeah, that's that's the, my favorite thing about it because it's a company I've used for so long. And even before they ever picked me up, you can find mentions of them in there. And, uh, I mean, when it's a product you believe in, I mean, it's real easy to say, oh, if you want to pay me to say that, sure, great. Um, 
but yeah, it's, it's especially, you know, when you hear from people like Kingsford and from uh, Bush Beans and uh, Johnsonville, I mean, they're products I'm already using all the time anyway. So it, uh, yeah, I love that, uh, that I can do that naturally and not have to go out and actually ask people. Chris Grove joining us here on the show. Uh, you have a big thing going on April. It's a giveaway, and Central Lights are always in the mood for free stuff, especially if uh, you know it doesn't require them to actually do any type of uploading of audition <laughs> tapes for certain TV shows that we never know about anymore. Uh, what, do, what, what do people need to do to get on board with the April giveaway over at nibbledmethis.com? Okay, the, um, the April give, giveaway is uh, uh, Steve Reichland has a new book coming out uh, April 25th. It's Best Ribs Ever, 100 Killer Recipes. And um, Workman Publishing has agreed to give an autographed copy away on my blog this month. Um, all you have to do is go to the, um, I think it's two posts back with the uh, beef ribs, uh, and just leave a comment. That's all you have to do. And make sure you leave some way where I can get back in touch with you, like uh, if you have a uh, Barbecue Brethren Forum uh, handle or an Egg Forum handle, leave that so I know who you are. A signed copy of the best ribs ever. What does that retail on the black market? With Stephen, not, not with my autograph, but with, uh, with Stephen Reichland's autograph. Oh, wait, you wanted his autograph. I was just going to sign it. Ah, jeez. Oh. No, uh, yeah, oh. I think it'll be about a million dollars. Wow. One of the most expensive gifts ever raffled off on nibblemethis.com. Well, is it the most expensive one? Probably, right? Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, well, see, million. I learned my valuation from uh, what is those, uh, uh, Storage Wars people. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so, okay, and that's going to go off on 425. So uh, yeah. now I'm glad you mentioned the, that that beef ribs post that you had because I was going through uh, the other day just kind of surveying the site and you always take such wonderful pictures and I must be the only guy in the world that does not find beef ribs like that I find the dino bones because it's the only ones that BJ's carry they're called like the the uh, the short, short the, the short ribs. ribs, and they are just huge and flavorful. I can't find the ones that look like pork ribs, but they're beef. Well, we get uh, here at uh, locally, we can actually find them a lot of time at uh, Walmart, um, Kroger's, just a, a general grocery store. But you can't, you just have to get them when you find them. If you go looking for them, they're not going to be there. Now, have you had the bigger version, those uh, the the short beef chuck ribs? Yeah, that was the first kind I ever tried, um, and uh, I like those too. It's just uh, easier for me to find the others. But do you find that there is a dramatic flavor difference between the two? Oh, definitely. Uh, there's a huge flavor difference and uh, texture difference, I think. Um, it, it's it's a little harder for the uh, short ribs to get them as tender, but when you do, it's worth the payoff, and you get a lot more meat on the, uh, the uh, short ribs. Yeah, my brother calls them, uh, what does he call them, the, the porterhouse meat lollipop because it almost <laughs> looks like you went out and tore out the, the underside of a cow. Uh, we're talking with Chris Grove. He is the writer of nibbledmethis.com. Also, you can find him on grilling.com, which is Kingsford, uh, also Johnsonville, and blogs for Bush's Beans. Now, uh, were you part of this uh, trickery and tomfoolery of uh, Clint Cantwell where you guys said this uh, hickory-fused propane? What is going on there? Yeah, yeah, I did. I just had a, when he sent the video, it was too funny, and I, you know, I knew that a lot of people would bite on it. And uh, even though we released it a little bit early in April first, but uh, uh, yeah, I just couldn't resist, especially with the technology cutaway uh, yeah. schematic he had. A lot of people buying into that right away. Uh, all right, uh, we're talking with Chris Grove again. this dot com. Chris, always appreciate the time. Thanks for coming out tonight. All right, thanks, Greg. Yeah, you got it. There he is, Chris Grove. 
I'm going to be addressing the hickory-infused propane here in the 10 o'clock hour, amongst other items. So stay tuned for that. Uh, And, Sylvie, we do have uh, Survey Tuesday questions, which I will get to uh, right after the break. I apologize. I get uh, so involved with talking up the show that I forget. (laughs) What can I tell you? Now I want to talk about this guy. It's a public service message from your brother, your brother, Stephen DeFranco, a show sponsor, who is a barbecue junkie as well. We were just talking about it the other day when I sucked down 10 pounds of crab legs at uh, Pickle Bill's. Now, being married to a barbecue maniac can be a very difficult test. Think about all this nonsense your barbecue wife or uh, significant other has to put up with. Here's just a few examples of why buying her an anniversary ring from Stephen DeFranco Jewelers might be the best idea ever. One, uh, you're always thinking about barbecue. These books, these TV shows, this internet radio show that you tune in from 9 to 11 o'clock on Tuesdays. Who knows? You leave sticky barbecue sauce on the cabinet doors, in the silverware drawer, on the kitchen table, on the chair, on the car, on the dog for crying out loud. What would that dog ever do to you? Nothing. Don't touch him with your dirty barbecue hands. To you, your clothes smell great when they're covered with barbecue smoke. To your significant other, you stink, and you're stinking up the house. How many years has she put up with your ridiculousness, your tomfoolery, your barbecue addictedness? The shelves are full of jars of barbecue sauce, some open, some half open. They've probably got mold in them. Look, whether you participate in competition barbecue or you just have fun in the backyard, taking care of your wife by showing her how much you love her, with a beautiful diamond anniversary ring from Stephen DeFranco Jewelers is just the ticket for allowing you to continue to mess up the kitchen with all your barbecue insanity. Now, you're probably thinking that treating her to a new anniversary ring will break the bank and ruin your new plans for that grill or smoker that you haven't told her about yet, and I know I'm talking right to you. You know you are. The diamond anniversary rings at Stephen DeFranco Jewelers started under $500. Not only does Steve stock great quality, But if you go to stephendefranco.com, you can see lots of great styles, really great prices. And as always, Steve has a very special barbecue brother and sister deal just for you. Here's how it works. First, you go onto the website, stephendefranco.com. You pick out a new diamond anniversary ring, and then you call them, 440-943-2700. That's 440-943-2700. You tell them you're a barbecue brother or sister. He'll give you an extra 50 bucks off the already discounted price to help you pay for taking your wonderful wife out for a non-barbecue dinner. Hint, hint. And as always, Steve will ship the ring to you for free. 440-943-2700. StephenDeFranco.com. All right, we're going to come up and wrap the first hour, and we'll point to the second right after this. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Networks. interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, coming up on, oh, four minutes till the top of the hour, about 56 past the hour of nine o'clock. Thanks again to Chris Grove for joining me, 877 Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. Uh, Jay Prince writing in 
anyone else see those legs in Greg's Facebook picture? Jay, I'll leave it up to you. Whose legs do you think those are? You tell me. All right, hold on a second. Uh, we got one coming in. Can't wait for my 4G. My internet sucks so bad tonight. The radio show will happen. Hopefully before May. Ooh, hopefully before May 4th. Fingers crossed. Get syndicated. Here is a bad email. Here is Telestreet. What? Why am I getting all the crap email now? All right. Uh, those better not be yours. Greg's. No. So, hey, there he is. Holla and swallow. What's up, Alan? Got to do another interview with you, right? Uh, hot. Outlaw. No, not mine. They're not uh, Heath Hall from Pork Barrel Barbecues either, Patrick. It's kind of gross. A show, uh, gang, uh, got sidetracked. Let me get this out of the way so I can do my second hour. Survey Tuesday questions, and they are as follows. Question number one. Favorite commercial barbecue rub? Question number two. Favorite barbecue slash grilling read or website? Question number three. Favorite non-barbecue food? That's what we got going on tonight. Survey Tuesday. I'll give you my uh, answers for Survey Tuesday here in uh, just a little bit. But let me see yours. Butcher's Honey Rub for Patrick Paquette. Is it Paquette? Let's just call you Basic Patrick. That's his favorite commercial rub, Butcher's Honey. I like to think Butcher's as a, uh, a uh, what do they call that? A craft rub. It's not mass-produced. It's a craft rub. Here's a link to those legs. Oh, geez. Jay the Perv. Hello, Jay the Perv. How are you? Good. Thanks for coming. Uh, Draper's, Shane Draper's favorite rub is Draper's AP Rub. DrapersBBQ.com is his favorite read. Sushi is his favorite non-rub. Grillin' and chillin'. You had a good uh, showing, by the way, chillin' and grillin'. Big Mrs. Pork Rub, Wicked Good Barbecue Book. Uh oh. Where'd it go? Oh, I just lost it. And foe? Okay, I don't know what foe is. Honey Rub is very good, also from Shane. AmazingRibs.com, Texas Parrot 67's favorite read. I agree. Sylvie Curry weighs in. Simply Marvelous Sweet Seduction. Uh, we are talking about rub, right? Uh, question uh, question number two, Barbecue Brethren is Sylvie's favorite read, and pho is her favorite non-barbecue food. What the hell is pho? Is that like fat with a P-H? Probably not. Am I going to run out of time here? 30 seconds. No, I'm good. Yeah, you got it. A lot of good calls for uh, chilling and grilling. Vietnamese soup. Okay, that's what pho is. Never knew that. See, I learned something new today. Yeah. All right, we're going to uh, step away and we'll point to the second hour. Stick around. We'll be right back. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. 
fine. How's it going? You have a great show. I'm a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate fifty four wieners. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> you could use it to fight off creeping marauders looking to take your steaks off your grills. I just like being anywhere with Junior, Senior, and Diva. Sounds like a whole lot of the movie. Wow. <laughs> yeah, really. Keep it hot, keep it clean, keep it lubricated. We have top men working on it right now. Ooh, top men. All right, just like that, we're in the second hour. All right, uh, am I going to give away a prize? Whose legs are on my Facebook page? That's uh, question number four, Survey Tuesday questions. Whose legs are on my Facebook page? Thank you, darling. A little water for me. By the oldest. Number one, thank you, number one. Hot Sauce Chick wins, just like that. Good job. I'm not a perv like that. I'm just going to stick up random legs on my website. My, uh, on my Facebook page. That's sacred. Jay, my mom. You know what the first thought in my head was besides me puking was right-clicking on your name and banning you from the chat room. Creep. Way to talk yourself out of the show forever. Forever. Yeah, oh, dude, you even start Whiskey Bent Barbecue is going to flip out. I knew it. I knew as soon as he saw that. Oh, my God. Bad things for you, Jay. Bad things. Fisticuffs not coming on the show anymore. I'm going to send in secret top-notch hackers. Watch out. All right. Survey Tuesday questions. Favorite commercial rub. Question number two. Favorite barbecue or grilling read slash and or website and favorite non-barbecue food. Tonight we learned pho is a food, which is Vietnamese soup that I had no idea about. There we go. All right, let me uh, quickly bring you up to date on the KCBS Team of the Year standings. Uh, some has not changed. Some have stayed. Uh, Slap Yo Daddy Barbecue Harry Sue is still in first place. Mike Wozniak, the Wizard of Woz, in second Little Miss Barbecue in third place. True Bud Barbecue, who I'm actually chasing for an interview. Fourth, and then a first hour guest at 914, uh, Matt uh, Dalton and the other guys at Left Coast Q. So there you go. Let me see here. Go back up and see what Mojo Bricks. Uh, commercial Rub, reader website, favorite food. That's right. Okay. Wonderful. Uh, Fred Neville, Draper's All-Purpose Rub, Barbecue Brethren, and Hamburger. Man, I'd love me some hamburger. Florida Barbecue Association Standings, Big Papa's Country Kitchen, a.k.a. the guy that won't ever call me and do my shows in first place, Dana Hillis, who's also the president of FBA. Get Our Smoked in second, Unknown Barbecue, who almost was on the show tonight, but will be here in a couple weeks. Uh, Blitzkrieg Barbecue, Fourth and Hot Wachulas. That's right, Hot Wachulas. Rounding out top five. So congratulations to them. A quick note for the eggheads, and this kind of ties in nicely with Chris Grove's appearance since he is a self-professed egghead. Lots of Eggtoberfests coming up, or Eggfests. 
The third annual Gulf Coast Egg Fest in Gulfport, Mississippi is April 14th. The Texas Egg Fest in Austin, April 28th. The Egg Canapolis Egg Fest in Edgewater, Maryland, April 28th. The Athens Egg Fest in Athens, Texas, May 12th. The Georgia Mountain Egg Fest in Hiawassee, Georgia, huh? May 18th and 19th. That's a two-day event. Chef JJ's Egg Fest in Indianapolis, Indiana, May 19th. The 10th annual Peoria Egg Fest in Peoria, Illinois, June 2nd. Dizzy Fest in Manassas, Virginia, a Commonwealth, June 9th. Eggs by the Bay Egg Fest, San Francisco Bay Area Egg Fest, June 23rd. And Porca. Porkopolis Egg Fest in the Natty. My Mickle down there for July 14th. That's your Egg Fest update. Were you looking for an Egg Fest update? Lots of Egg Fest. Very popular. They're very popular. All right, here are my answers. Favorite commercial rub. Damn it. There's so many commercial rubs. I'm going to withhold that. Favorite barbecue or grilling read or website? Gotta be the good old barbecue forum. What? Kidding. (sighs) Barbecue or grilling read? Where do I go? Uh, It's gotta be a tie between Patio Daddio, because I love his creativity, and. Hmm. Uh, also, I hate reading, which hurts this whole thing. You know what? Here's I have it in my head here, and here's what I liked about it. It wasn't too over the top. To me, it was written just perfectly for the average barbecuer, and it's highly recommended. And it was called, uh, Julie Reinhardt wrote it, it was called She Smoke. It's a book. Get it. She Smoke. It was called a, like a backyard guide to uh, to barbecue. Julie Reinhard wrote it, and that's really one of my most favorite books of all time. A lot of great information in there. Doesn't try to talk over you like she's you know better than you or anything like that. Have you tried Tasty Licks Burger Rub? Of course, I've tried Tasty Licks. I've tried Tasty every brand of Tasty Licks Rub. I've I've tried it at least ten times. Favorite non barbecue food. Easy for me, every day of the week, twice on, ten times on Sunday, and there isn't not any good stuff. Pizza. Bring it on. One piece, 100 pieces, I will take it. Every day. There's no bad pizza. There's only average or great pizza. And most of it is above average? Because to me, the worst pizza is still average. And I'll eat it, and I'll eat it, and I'll eat it. I can eat two large pizzas all by myself if I have to, which reminds me that I did. Um, I do not discriminate against pizza, Don. I will take Chicago, New York, Cleveland, Texas, whatever. And I don't care about it wood-fired or if it's deep-fried or if it's parboiled. I take all pizza. St. Louis-style pizza, yes, I will do that as well. And you're damn right. Chris Sorrell. Big and fat. I love pizza. Pizza and beer. Oh, God, so good. Commercial rub. Right now, if we're talking, and it's got to be right now because I'm a in the moment kind of guy. It's got to be a honey rub from Butchers. I'm not just saying that. You can't parboil food, hot sauce chick. Come on. You know I'm kidding. 
So those are the answers to my Survey Tuesdays, and you go ahead if you want to weigh in on the Survey Tuesday questions. And I do want to address one thing before we get to Kevin Bevington, right? For all the people, when I had Clint Cantwell on last week, who emailed me not 15 seconds after the segment ended and said, can't believe you bought it. Can't believe you fell for the hickory-infused propane BS, the gag, the April Fool's Day. Let me let you in on a little secret. I was in on it. Your email to me didn't offend me. Although I'm here justifying myself, which I shouldn't have to do. Merely goes to show that your host has an innate talent one that has somehow missed the eye of talent scouts the world over. But I am an actor of methodical and thespian size proportions. I had you all fooled. You thought that Clint had pulled one over on me. That he was hoodwinking me. That he was running amok all over my face. Nay. Centralites, nay. I was in on it. I knew all about it. Just played the role of the surprised person so Clint could... Not lesbian-sized proportions. (laughs) I did not say that. I said thespian proportions. That means actor in very big words. (laughs) Lesbian proportions. Losing control of the show, ladies and gentlemen. Rain it in. Stay classy now. Stay classy, Maryland. San Diego, which of course means whale's vagina. (laughs) Never mind. So rest assured that I did not fall for the liquid propane. I didn't go hook, line, and sinker into Clint's tomfoolery. I was in on it. I don't want to be the guy that brings bad tidings or brings the party down or lets the cat out of the bag, as they say. But really, I, I knew all about it. Sorry. All right, we're going to come up to Kevin Bevington here in about uh, four minutes. We're going to talk about fires, cool stuff, and smoke, and all that. But before we talk about sticks, let's talk about micro sticks. That's right. As many of you know, I've got my uh, dirty little mitts on a Gorilla Pellet cooker. The first thing I thought of when I got that cooker was, believe it or not, a barbecuer's delight. That's right. Barbecuer's Delight, long considered to be the barbecue pellet resource the world over. You can find them at bbqrsdelight.com. That's bbqrsdelight.com. Now, uh, maybe you don't have a pellet cooker. No problem. You can still take advantage of the pellet revolution on your gas or charcoal grill or smoker by grabbing the cast iron pot option. Buy yourself a nice sampler pack of pellets, load a third cup, of pellets into the pot and then place it in your cooker or grill and let that sweet succulent smoke take care of the rest. Now, maybe you're not familiar with pellets. Let me give you a little insight. When pellets are made, all of the air within the cellular structure of the wood is evacuated, thus concentrating the wood into a very dense form. Much more dense than natural trees, as compared to the other wood flavor enhancers, pellets will yield a more intense smoke more quickly, which seals the food, locking in natural moisture and adding smoke flavor exactly when it's needed. And since pellets have been processed from sawdust by pressure, which generates heat, any contaminants present in the wood are eliminated. 
This process produces a sterile smoking wood product of consistent quality. The pellets are easy to use since you don't soak them in water. They're easy to blend for flavor profiles, and you can produce consistent results each and every time with the use of Barbecuers Delight wood pellets. Now, here's something you have to remember. When you buy the wood pellets, in the one-pound bag, it's 100% flavor wood. But if you have a pellet cooker like me, it's a little bit different. Candy and the folks at Barbecuers Delight have determined that the blend of two-thirds oak as a base and one-third flavor wood as a flavor enhancer is the way to go to ensure great smoke flavor, but with that consistent BTU temperature that you need to have to ensure a good cook. Do yourself a favor. Grab some Barbecuers Delight pellets right now. Visit them at bbqrsdelight.com. Check out all the flavors that they have and stop fussing with the sticks and the chunks. Barbecuers Delight, the choice of competition cooks and backyard warriors like me together. bbqrsdelight.com. All right, when we come back, we're going to have the pitmaster of homebbq.com and outdoor cooking channel creator Kevin Bevington talking about fire. Fire! That was my ACDC impression. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Networks. Live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. We're coming up on 14 past the hour of 10 o'clock, 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com are the two ways to get in touch with the show. Survey Tuesday questions, favorite commercial rub, favorite barbecue grilling read or website, favorite non-barbecue food. We'll get to those uh, with our next guest as well. My first guest in this hour, an award-winning competition cook, also created the space where you see this fine video show each and every week, better known as the Outdoor Cooking Channel. Tonight we're going to give a little insight to the stick burner population and here to help me do it, friend of the show and a longtime guest and friend for me, Kevin Bevington of HomeBBQ.com. Kevin, how are you? Hey, Greg. How are you doing tonight? Doing absolutely fantastic, Kevin. Always appreciate the time. And I guess we're kind of going a little bit out of uh, uh, maybe, well, out of my comfort zone for sure since I gave away my stick burner. And uh, I mean, for years and years, you competed with the lane cookers. So, I mean, you definitely have the breadth of knowledge to talk stick burners and fire and all this stuff. I think sometimes the show gets pigeonholed a little bit as to being just kind of a competition show. So we want to make sure that we are always uh, flexing and diversifying for all the listeners uh, that take the show in. And some people are going to be venturing into buying an offset cooker. And one of the most important things that you have to know going in is how to build and maintain a proper fire. And I'm not talking about those char griller pieces of crap offset. I'm talking about a close or a gator pit or a bait or, you know, one of those five lang, of course. So, you know, when you're looking at these offset pits, and I guess they're associated more with the traditional style of barbecue, how, how does one go about, uh, before we even talk about uh, building fires, 
you have to secure wood. It's got to be you know the right season. All the what are the things you got to take into account just with fuel alone before we get into the cooking part? Well, a lot has to do with these days. A lot of people are using charcoal baskets. Um, uh, it, when I was cooking on an offset, I, I burned straight wood. I, I used uh, I used charcoal to get the uh, the cooker hot to begin with, and then went straight wood. So. I used wood as my fuel source uh, during the cook. So, I mean, on these days, like I said, I mean, it, you know, people are, are liking to get sleep and so forth, so they're using charcoal baskets. And, and I know there's still some some uh, wood cookers out there, and they're, they're working hard. Um, but that that's going to be the consideration. I mean, and there's nothing wrong with, with using charcoal on an offset and, and using wood to flavor. And I mean, just very much the same as you would, you know, in, in the uh, smaller cookers that, that you're that you're using. But if you're going to burn straight sticks, it's uh, uh, it, it's definitely more work. You you can't sleep uh, if you have a high amount of draft in the cooker. If it a, a good airflow like a line, uh, you're going to be feeding that thing every every twenty to thirty minutes. And um, and and that those are the those are the considerations that you have to make. Now, I guess when you're having uh, an offset pit, you know, when I got mine, I guess I didn't initially, even though I knew it was a wood burner, I didn't think of, well, where the hell am I going to get wood? Because it's not like you know wood is sold on every street corner. It's available like ice and eggs at the supermarket. You got to have right. somewhere that you can get wood. You might be paying a lot of money for it. So, when you were looking for wood, when you were you know, cooking in offsets. What did you look for? Did you look for like nurseries? Or did you have like woods that you could just go chop down trees? And then, of course, you have that whole seasoning aspect too, right? You find a wood guy, okay? <laughs> There's wood guys that supply barbecue <laughs> restaurants. Seriously, really? That's what you look for. I mean, yeah, like you, you can get into the phone book and say and barbecue wood guy. Wood. You can, you yeah, can you, find a wood guy. All right, so I can go to the yellow pages and say uh, barbecue wood guy. <laughs> no, but but tree surgeons would where you'd start. I mean, uh, you know those kind of the, the guys that work on trees, uh, or go to your barbecue restaurant and find out where they're getting their wood. I mean, that's probably the easiest thing to do. They'll usually tell you. Um, I I found mine by I I happened to if I remember right I happened to you know have somebody recommend this guy to me. And I had a special need. I I wouldn't cook with anything else but hickory. Now hickory is is prevalent in some areas down here in Florida and in North Florida. Actually, you know, you go to Ocala, the forest area, and above, you can find hickory. But you know, down where I'm at and and south, it's it's not real prevalent. So, um, you know, so it, I had a special need. I mean, you can find a lot of oak down here, you know, so that was that was no big deal. But to find hickory was was a job, and and to find it on a regular basis to where I can keep it seasoned, ready to go, that was a job. Now, you know, so when you talk about seasoning, probably aside from having a source, once you find the source, the seasoning has to be probably the the second, if not like one A one B of importance. If it's not seasoned right, all bad things can happen. Yeah, well, it depends on if you're using it as a fuel source or or if you're just using it for flavor. If you're using it for flavor over charcoal, it doesn't need to be as dry as it needs to be when you're using it for fuel. Um, in fact, when you're using it as a fuel source, you're you're wanting you know as little smoke as possible. Actually, you know, so you're wanting it very dry, um, and that's the way I cooked. I mean, I cooked with very dry wood. In fact, um, whenever I could get away with it, and Claire caught me a couple times. 
Uh, if I got a green, I'd be baking it in the oven. Really? <laughs> and the house was pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> sure did. Uh, well, hey, you do whatever you have to do, you know. I mean, but uh, <laughs> but as far as also too, you get to a contest, and you know the Lang we had, you know, there was a warming box on the back of it, and uh, and it was very warm, obviously in there. Um, so I would keep the wood in there. That's how I carried it, a lot of it there. I had I you know uh, specific amount of sticks that I'd bring with me, and uh, I'd pack whatever I needed, you know, in there, and that's where I would grab it from. So it would be, it would already be heated as I stuck it into the, into the cooker, you know, so it'd be, it'd be still drying out, uh, you know, in the warming box. So, I mean, it's a big issue, obviously. Now some get, some get to go to extreme. They set up rooms with fans and dehydrators and, um, you know, I just, <laughs> I suck it in my garage um, and then dealt with it, you know, as I needed it, you know, in going to a contest. Kevin Bevington joining us here on the show. Are there woods that traditionally work better when you're using them as a fuel source versus some of the other hardwoods, or does it not really matter as long as it's seasoned okay? Well, I, you know, I guess, I guess so. I mean, if you talk to the, to the pellet makers, they'll tell you that. I mean, you know, they'll, they'll tell you, you know, oak burns hotter, uh, et cetera, you know, but, um, I just used hickory. I mean, I, and you know, it worked very well, uh, for that. And it, you know, it, it, the myth there is that, well, I say myth, but if the, if the wood is, uh, isn't seasoned, you know, it would get a very strong flavor, but, um, you know, when, when the wood's well seasoned, it's, uh, it's not going to give a, a real, real strong, uh, smoke flavor, more a, a wood cooked flavor. I, I was kind of the, phrase I like to use because it was that was more the flavor that you got um, and it's different than than smoke over on charcoal and it's different than wood on charcoal if you're cooking straight wood and that's good seasoned wood and you got you got a nice clean draft coming out of that stack it's you're not getting a lot of smoke out of there yeah you know, that's that's a different barbecue that's uh, that's the good stuff there all right so let's go ahead and dive into that a little bit because that's uh, really the only way that I used I had a, a 42 inch close offset with a 20 by 20 square firebox. So it wasn't, you know, huge, but for me, it, it cooked more than enough for my family of five. So I would wake up early in the morning, like <clears throat> two in the morning, and I would put a nice bed of coals down uh, just to get the sticks up and running. But I don't know if I really ever got a, a grasp of how to build a proper fire in the box and then be able to maintain it without screwing up at some point during the cook. So you know, after I lay that initial bed of charcoal down and I start throwing sticks on it, how do you build that initial bed of coals? And how are you able to, I guess, find the, is there any way to find like that perfect draft? So you're, uh, you're, you're keeping a good bed of coals. So you're not uh, always thinking like the fire is going to go out. Well, I mean, when, when you're using a cooker like that, you have to stay on top of it, obviously. And, um, yeah, as far as, uh, the coals go and, and, and knowing, you know, where, where to be as far as that, that's concerned. And I, I used to, and I don't know how familiar you are with the Lang, but the Lang has had a, a bottom that went all the way, you know, to the other side of the cooker. I mean, it was a reverse flow, so right. it funneled, uh, the air to the opposite end. The, the positive part of that was, you know, you could, your, your soot and your, your airborne ash, a lot of that dropped. You know, most of that, if not, you know, almost all that dropped for whatever got to the other side. So 
you could run a live fire in that firebox and and really not worry a whole lot about uh, a lot of ash getting on your food. And I know in those, I mean, I'm not sure which clothes you had and so forth, but, um, you know, you, you had tuning plates and you would move those plates, I assume. And you probably had to worry about that a little bit, I'm guessing. No, um, I, I never had tuning plates. They said it was too small and it wouldn't be oh, really? know, worth okay. it. Yeah, I just had a big uh, tinfoil pan of water coming from the baffle in from the firebox into the main chamber. That sounds kind of like uh, I, I the first cooker I used as a as a stick burner was, uh, you know, I lived in Texas for a while. Those that know me, uh, you know, know that and uh, spent a lot of time in San Antonio and uh uh, first wood uh, cooking uh, cooker I used was a, a New Braunfels Bandera. I had one of the original ones that, that they made, their big, heavy cooker. And um, it sounds a lot like it, except, of course, with the Bandera, you had the upright as well. But, um, you know, but I had the same thing to worry about there. And I, I started with a water pan and that thing, and then I, I yeah, I mean, of course, I think you know my, my opinion of water pan. I don't know if you do. <laughs> Anybody that's read my website knows. But um, but I eventually got rid of it and and I you know I had to worry a little bit about ash there um, you know but um, but that thing cooked some some good barbecue I assume I assume you close did too I, I wasn't familiar with the with the one you know the specific one you had but but some people don't like to run a live fire in a, in a firebox I mean if you have a good large firebox you know you get a lot of uh, air uh, you know room for good combustion to happen and um, you're not going to have a problem with uh, uh, with a lot of you know creosote ash that kind of thing, uh, but and the smaller cookers you will. Did you ever hear of you know towards the end before I ended up giving it away? I, I was cooking, I was running a live fire in it, but instead of closing the door each and every time and just having the you know the the baffle open or you know regulating the air intake in to keep the fire going, I actually had the door open. And that seemed mm-hmm. to let the fire burn better. Yeah, but absolutely. you know, seeing seeing more flames didn't necessarily translate to that uh, pin on the thermometer going all the way to the top either. It should. <laughs> yeah. Air is heat, you know, and a, and a cooker air is heat, you know. So you know, the more airflow you got, the better airflow you got, the more heat you got, and obviously, the more you got to control it. But. Um, you know, but as far as uh, you know, what, probably the most important thing. And if we get into building a fire on, a, on, a, on an offset, I can only say what I did, okay, and what worked well for me. I mean, obviously, everybody has different things they uh, they've done or do. You know, but um, I, I, you have to worry about draft. You have to worry about getting that initial draft to to your to the stack and getting that airflow going. And that's that's your that's your key. So once you got that draft going, then you can close things up and you get to temp quick. You'll be able to heat up your cooker and heat up all that metal and get get your, get to temp quick. And you know what I would do is obviously prop the doors open. I'd I, you know open the uh, the vents on the bottom of the firebox and get as much air as I could uh, moving through that cooker. And the 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 better the more you do, people some people don't equate that to getting more heat. They actually think it's reverse, but that's what you want to do. You know, in a in a uh, in a cooker like that, and get it uh, get it up to temp as quick as possible. You know, the hot the hotter you can get that fire, the the quicker it's going to get up to temp. Because you know, that's a lot of metal. Depending on how large that cooker is, you get a lot of metal to heat up. 
And once you get it heated up, then it's then it's going to be much much easier to maintain the temperature in that thing. You can you can crank it down and and um, it'll sit you know where it sits. Um, and once you get it to where you know that sweet spot where it, where it needs to be, it's the only maintenance you're going to have to do is feed it at that point. So I guess my next question is this. If you are, uh, I used to, uh, somebody told me it was called a pre-burn. Sounds like something similar that you did with the Lang. So I would put one or two pieces of wood ready to go in on top of the firebox to get it, you know, hot. So when I put it in, it would just immediately Uh combust. Um, But I found that I was, you know, more cooking on average. So once the temperature got to X amount, I would throw in another stick and then it would spike up a little bit. And then, you know, over that 35, 40 minutes, it would start to draw back down again and once I hit that mark I would throw another log in and that's how I cooked is that you know what you're talking about as far as sweet spot or are you talking about that you're actually able to just add another log in and it will not bump up or down you know more than you know a handful of degrees well you're going to have a little bit of of swing there and that's just by you know whenever you add fuel you're actually going to get a little bit of a drop until that wood catches you're going to get a little bit of a peak and then it'll drop back down and you know until you're ready to feed it again but but yeah, that's kind of what I'm talking about. It's about getting that air, you know, that air intake to a point where you're not having to adjust it all the time. That's pretty much what I'm talking about. Um, you know, because in the beginning you're having to adjust that airflow until you get it to the point where, um, you know, just like I mean, even if you're on a WSM, you got to you got to do that. You got to adjust those vents. You get to the point where you can back those vents off uh, and and just hold a temp. With a WSM, it's always widely recommended to leave that top vent open for exhaust is it the same thing with a with a uh offset cooker and pretty much i mean it depends on how much i mean i used to run mine the stack the flue in the stack almost wide open and that was just my choice i mean some people like to back that off a little bit decrease that airflow um now i guess it's personal choice as to as to what you want to do i liked a a a, a a fast airflow. I liked a good airflow through there. Uh, that's just the way I like to cook, and it worked well for me. So some some don't like to do that. Kevin Bevington joining us here on the show. We're talking about uh, building fires and offsets, uh, and time uh, rapidly going away here, Kevin. So I'm going to kind of uh, put the brakes here on the the fire conversation. I do want to bring up the fact that uh, you know we are on the Outdoor Cooking Channel. You're on your own Outdoor Cooking Channel right now, along with me. Uh, you know, this has been a nice little venture that we've been going over the last handful of months, and I just wanted to kind of get an update what's going on with the channel, uh, anything new, any updates, you know, what's happening with OCC. Actually, it was, it was uh, pretty much almost exactly a year ago we started testing it out with putting the show on there live, if you remember. Yeah. You were running alongside <laughs> uh, your your Ustream feed, I believe. Um yeah, we're we're plugging along. I mean, it's I spend a, a good amount of my week, probably uh, about twenty hours a week, uh, you know, encoding video and uploading it, and um, you know, just you know, doing whatever on top of my uh, my regular uh, duties to try to pay bills. But uh, but but we're moving along. I mean, I've got talks with uh, uh, with getting more content on here, and uh, you know, we're we're moving along in that respect, and. Uh, uh, we're 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 gaining traffic. Uh, you know, obviously, people probably noticed the little banner things on the outside. I want to I want to thank Chris and and David. Um, you know, and, and of course, uh, Candy, 
also that's there um, as sponsors. And, you know, I'd like to get more. Uh, those those little banners are very affordable. Uh, just let me know. Um, we've got a couple more. I'm just waiting for banners, and we'll get those in. I, I've got a couple more of those spots already sold, but uh, we're just waiting for banners on them. But uh, but we're trying to keep this uh, keep this afloat. Obviously, uh, as you know, and many know, I mean, this is this is all out of, out of uh, my pocket, and um, I, I like having the big parties here on Tuesdays and uh, <laughs> whatever. Whenever Huck's here, whatever, but uh, but we're we're keeping things and we're trying to keep it uh, keep it going in the direction of uh, of being you know the if not already but the video source for uh, for outdoor cooking on on the internet. Kevin Bevington is uh, the creator of Outdoor Cooking Channel, outdoorcookingchannel.com, which you're watching here right now, and uh, also longtime homebbq.com pitmaster Kevin. Always appreciate the time. Thanks for coming out tonight. Thanks for having me, Greg. Yeah, you got it. it. There he is. Kevin Bevington, a long time since I've uh, chatted him up. If you don't know, a lot of you know. Sometime you know people are new to the show, and if you don't know uh, Kevin and his history, especially in the competition cooking circuit. I mean, backyard cook beyond reproach uh, did a series of like backyard DVDs that I highly recommend aside from those barbecue secrets that I revealed on my website, as far as books that people have never heard about that I used that really helped me. Uh, his videos are outstanding. His recipes are great. He's a really good backyard cook, but what he did on the circuit and, uh, Kevin was uh, dealing with some health issues uh, a couple years back. So he had to get those addressed. But when he had eventually pulled out, he had been Florida Barbecue Association Team of the Year for five years in a row. He had served as president for two years in a row at FBA. He had also served, or he had also achieved uh, the years that he was winning the FBA, uh, like top five or fifth place for Team of the Year in Kansas City Barbecue Society at the same time. So there was a point where he was probably the team that was best poised to win both FBA and KCBS Team of the Year. Imagine that if that would have happened. That would have been incredible. And still cooking very well as he moves on to the Sam's Club regional round, which uh, we didn't get to talk about. Folks, let me take a few minutes to talk about the longest-running sponsor of the show. You know them as the Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic temperature control devices. Look, if you've been thinking about getting one of these for your cookers, you have to stop here. This is the company that started it all. They are the creators of this technology. Why would you buy one from any other company? Not familiar with how these little beauties work? I'm not going to get into the minutiae, but I will tell you this. Imagine a product that allows you to set your pit temperature, and once you set it, it keeps running at that temperature all the way through the cook. Sound Sound too good to be true? It's not. This barbecue technology is ready in real life right here, right now. Now, maybe you're a busy working professional. Perhaps you are constantly on the run with kids. You're doing errands. And quite frankly, you just don't have the time to set around and tend pit temperatures. The Barbecue Guru allows you to throw on a pork butt or a brisket or a couple slabs of ribs. And then you're off to do whatever it is you need to get done. And the Barbecue Guru maintains the pit temperature that you set it at. There are four different models to choose from, so you don't have to worry about one blowing the budget out. There's going to be one that fits within your budget. 
You have the ProCom 4 wireless unit that allows you to roam up to 600 feet away from your cooker. You can still make pit adjustments if you need to. You have that CyberQ2 unit, the DigiQ DX2, the newest unit, the PartyQ at $129 for most cookers. The PartyQ is the easiest point of entry into pit temperature control devices. It's a self-contained package that runs on AA batteries. It goes wherever you go and hooks to the upright cookers and those uh, ceramic-style cookers as well. And if you're in the market for a cooker, look no further than the Onyx Oven. The Onyx Oven has been a winning beast on the competition circuit as well as in backyards all over the country. It's fully insulated. It holds a lot of meat, accommodates hats and full pans for food service. And, of course, it works seamlessly with any of the barbecue pit temperature devices that you might want to get your hands on. Now, do yourself a favor. Head on over to thebbqguru.com and check out the products. If you have any questions on what to order, call them directly, 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. They will make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. 800-288-GURU or thebbqguru.com. The Barbecue Guru, a breakthrough in barbecue technology. We're going to come back with Scott Roberts right after this. Stick around. We will be right back. interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, 37 past, 877-448-0433, Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com are the two ways to get in touch with the show. Don't forget, Survey Tuesday questions, favorite commercial rub, favorite barbecue or grilling read or website. And favorite non-barbecue food. All right, joining me now, uh, somebody that is a monthly contributor to the show, a barbecue and grilling sauce reversion, reversion, reviewer extraordinaire, Scott Roberts joins me here on the show. Scott, how are you, buddy? Fantastic. How are you, Greg? Doing absolutely fabulous, Scott. Man, we sound 110 times better than we did last time. You still look creepy, uh, though. What's up with that? I don't know. I have no idea. Let but it was just you. one big echo fest. I'm glad to get that behind us. Yeah, no doubt about it. Sounds uh, great. I would love if my wife were to allow me to shave my head. And uh, I would I would add the goatee, but I would also go full beard, but with the shaved head. She would never, ever want to do nasty, dirty things to me, though, if I looked like that. Why do you think that? Uh, she's pretty much told me as much. She said, no way. You look like that, then it's no fun for you. So, you know, sometimes we got to listen because there's other things more important than how we look, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. All right. So, uh, Scott, you, you have to tell me what's going on at scottrobertsweb.com before we bust into our traditional fair. Uh, anything new, exciting oh, that you oh. are going to be breaking or scooping in the world of hot stuff? Nothing breaking. Uh, I've been doing lots of little miscellaneous things over there lately. Uh, I guess one of the biggest posts that I put over there, and I guess recent month or two, has been I had went to one of my local supermarkets and I took a picture, a photo of every single spicy food item I could find there. Ended up being uh, 190 photos, I think it was. Oh. Ended up uh, whittling that down to 80 something photos, but it, it was pretty revealing what I found. And what was it that you found specifically? A lot of salsa. Now, if you've ever heard, you know, that uh, 
salsa is the number one condiment. It surpassed sales of ketchup. Uh, after seeing what I saw in the grocery store, I totally believe it. As far as volume, it was probably salsa over ketchup five to one. Five to one? Yes. Wow. Uh, on the end caps, you know, the end of aisles, yep, yep, yep. there were just displays full of, you know, tortilla chips, salsa, spicy potato chips, all kinds of things like that for snacking. Yeah. Just people grab and go and just salsa all over the damn place. Yeah, I guess I can <laughs> see that now that you mention it. Um, but we're going to be talking about some sauces and rubs here tonight. I got to make sure that I uh, loaded you correctly here. So let's uh, transition you over. The first thing that we have is a Legend Larry's. Spicy bacon barbecue wing sauce. So you can probably see it there off to the side, right? You can see everything. I, I little can bit. see that, yeah. Right. I also have my own little bottle right here. Oh, even better, case. right? So here's, yeah, here's the thing that, uh, you know, anything that references flavor always freaks me out. I talked about it with Chris Grove last hour when he was talking about the Bush's mesquite-flavored beans. Uh, here you have a sauce that is referencing bacon, so I immediately go to fake but we will leave it to the ex uh, or the uh, expert reviewer on uh, Legend Larry Spicy Bacon Barbecue Wing Sauce. What did you think of it? Uh, l- let me preface all of this by saying I'm, I-, I like bacon, but I do not buy into the whole hype of bacon that's been all over the Internet in recent years. I, I-, I cannot stand everyone just screaming as if it's you know the-, the best thing in the world. It's not even my favorite kind of pork meat. Uh, that having been said, I do like bacon. I do like bacon flavor. This had an odd artificial bacon flavor. Oh, uh, in, the, in the ingredients list, I couldn't tell if it was artificial or natural or not. But you know what? It was strangely compelling. It was good for something artificial. So I kind of would half recommend it. So like it, it, it just it, it's good it just, in the artificial way like fake boobs are good? Imagine some of the best-looking fake boobs you've ever seen. I guess this would be the barbecue wing sauce equivalent of that. All right, so fake in a good way. Uh, Fake in a good way. Size of bottle, price points, and where can you get it? Okay, it comes in a 12-ounce bottle. You could find it at legendlarrys.com for $9.99 plus shipping. A little pricey. Uh, I would say unless you're wanting to experiment with this, uh, I, I wouldn't go for it. It's a little costly, but if you do, I guess, love kind of an odd bacon, maybe a Bacos flavor, mm-hmm. uh, go for it. I, I would try it. Is, uh, it. An overall rating, I would give it a Backyard Griller, so right. be three out of five. Three out of five, so not too bad. Is it something that you could use as like a base sauce and build on top of it, or is it just going to be a standalone? You know what? I it could see adding like really base spices to it like salt or garlic or something like that. It, it is, does have a little bit of spice to it. I mean, there is some cayenne pepper in it. It's sweet. It's tomato-y. It's decent in that regard. Uh, but I, I, I wouldn't really mix it with anything too terribly sweet. I think it would just completely throw it a flavor profile off. All right, so three out of five. And again, 10 bucks. Legendlarrys.com, the place to go ahead and get that. Uh, next item up for bid, and uh, we certainly know this guy. It's the, oh, geez, look what I did here, Scott. What did you do? Oh, for the love of Christ. Well, I I forgot that I split screened you, and now i got to move this picture over. Uh, Look at there. It's a big Mista. The perfect pork rub. Luckily, I have production tools right at my fingertips. What did you think of uh, Neil's effort here, Scott? A a fantastic product. Uh, I wouldn't say it's perfect, but one of the better pork rubs I've tasted in probably the past six months. 
And I, there's nothing distinctive except for one thing. I, I taste a lot of cinnamon in this. Yeah. Uh, of course, there's you know little sweet, garlicky, savory elements, a little bit of sweetness, but it's that cinnamon. And I, I'm really not hog wild over those kind of aromatic uh, flavors if they're used too much, like a cinnamon, an allspice, nutmeg, things like that. It's used, I think, just the right amount to add uh, some distinctive tones to it. But uh, on pulled pork, it was absolutely fantastic. Now, let me ask you this question, Scott. This is going to seem very weird, but I refuse okay. to be called a stumper or a mark or somebody who will not uh, potentially call anybody out to the carpet. I like Neil's product, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. But when I poured it out of the bag into my uh, shaker that Shane Draper gave me that seems to apply rub just in the perfect amounts, it was hitting the, you know, it was hitting the bottom and it was wafting back up in like a black pepper or something it was like burning up my nose did you get any type of a like a a aromatic kickback in that regard like a burning sensation or anything like that no but what you're describing was a bunch of dust being kicked up uh i don't know if it just happened in shipping uh or what but so here's what i would recommend you open up that bag you have i would imagine you have some left over Yes, yes. All right. Just open it back up and just take a, a, you know, don't plow your nose down into it, but open it up and just give it like a, a good couple big inhales in and see if uh, see if you get anything. Now, aside from that, and again, it could have just been a shipping thing where it, uh, you know, pulverized it down so it was just able to, to get up in the air and into my nose a little bit easier. Uh, mm-hmm. r- really one of uh, the better tasting rubs that I have had probably in, uh, you know, at least the last year, although I'm still a little bit more partial to the Butcher Barbecue uh, Honey Rub. Uh, but this is, it's I like there, the, yeah. uh, the the texture and the way that it melded with the pork, and it was also very good on ribs. Did you have it on ribs? Uh, actually, I did not. I just had it on pork shoulder and pork steaks. Equally good on pork both. steaks, yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, size, price point, and where can you get it? Okay, you can get it at bigmista.com slash store, and that will redirect you to his little uh, shopping cart online. Uh, you can buy it in a 14-ounce four, bag. For eleven dollars plus shipping, I would say it's a very good deal for it. Uh, and this isn't totally outside of the box for something that you put on pork. Uh, again, there's a, that slight little bit of cinnamon tone. I, I didn't get much of the black pepper that you had encountered, but uh, I saw overall very very good product. And I would give this a top ten call. Top ten call. Out of five. All right, definitely uh, worth picking up. And again, price point or as I like to call it, QPR, quality price ratio, uh, really playing in favor. So uh, good job for Neil on that effort. And then our final product here tonight, which I know I'm going to have to uh, resize because I'm an idiot, is the uh, Country Bobs. Let me see. Can I pull? Um, yeah, I'll just move you right over. Oh, okay. And there Ooh. we go. See, now you just <laughs> moved right over. Country Bobs Honey Habanero All-Purpose Sauce. So not necessarily a barbecue sauce, not necessarily a hot sauce, Billing itself as something that might be able to go with everything. What did you think of it? Uh, you know, I found it going good with uh, steak. It's a very, I guess, admirable kind of steak sauce. It doesn't have that, I, I guess, distinctive quality, especially if there's a Worcestershire sauce or raisins, uh, things that are in a lot of steak sauces. It doesn't have that kind of a bite to it, but it's very similar. Uh, it has that tomato, sweet tomatoey edge uh, that are in a lot of, I guess, standard barbecue sauces. 
uh, not a distinctive honey flavor. There is quite a bit of sweetness. Uh, not a whole lot of heat either. I mean, the habanero might scare a lot of people off. It's nowhere near, I would say, even like a jalapeno or chipotle level heat. Just a little tinge of spiciness to it. But uh, overall, it's pretty good. Uh, of course, a, a lot of things are good on chicken. I tried it on that. It held up uh, remarkably well. Uh, put it on some ribs, so-so. I, I, nothing to write home about. Uh, but then again, I kind of go back to steaks. You know, put it on a ribeye. I, I think what I was in the mood for that particular night, it hit the mark on that. So that's why I would kind of, um, I, I would say halfway recommend this product. It's, <laughs> it, it, it's I, I guess, built, concocted to appeal to the masses out there. I, I guess it could have been bolder and more flavorful. It could have been spicier. Uh, it, it didn't live up to that full potential, I guess. In a lot of ways, it's watered down. But uh, for what it is, don't expect a whole lot out of it. It does a decent job. And I, I guess the good thing is uh, it's available a lot of uh, grocery stores nationwide. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with the Country Bob's products. Uh, you can pick up a bottle for three, four bucks. Uh, if you can't find any near you, just go to countrybobs.com. And I think on that website, they make you buy half a case or full case. Uh, it's kind of up to you if you really want to splurge for that. Uh, but I, I definitely, if you're wanting something like this to, that would appeal to uh, your family who doesn't like a lot of big, bold flavors, to try it on them, see if they like it. All right, so I asked you with this with the first sauce, that uh, the bacon barbecue wing sauce. Is this something that you could make some other type of sauce out of? Would this be a, a good base for something or no? Definitely yes. And get a good salty, hot, spicy rub that has good earthy tones to it. Uh, put it on some ribs, uh, whatever kind of meat you have out there, uh, and then try this on it. Even though I tried it on ribs, I, I, I guess uh, probably the mistake I made was it was a nice sweet rub on ribs. You put this on there, it really didn't add much to it. So I, I would definitely recommend adding other things that are kind of at the other end of the scale. Uh, saltiness, uh, definitely uh, something with a little bit more kick in terms of spiciness to it. Scott Roberts joining us here on the show. You can find him at scottrobertsweb.com. Uh, Scott, have you ever tried Blair's After Death Sauce Triple X? I've tried all of Blair's products, yes. All right, so give us, uh, this is from uh, Tony Herrera was just asking about it. Uh, he seems to love it. What kind of a explosion on your mouth is this going to be? Is it not uh, super hot? If, is, does something that, say, after-death sauce mean it's going to blow your a-hole out the next day? I mean, what are we looking at? Uh, a, a lot of the death sauces in Blair's <laughs> line uh, contain chili pepper extract. <laughs> That's what a lot of sauce makers used before the super hot chili peppers came along, like the ghost pepper, the Trinidad scorpion, butch tea. Uh, I, I think... It has an absolutely nasty taste. Uh, I, I would rather, you know, lick sweat out of, you know, somebody's ass crack than <laughs> eat a chili pepper extract. <laughs> uh, it really depends on how much extract people use in a sauce. And there's quite a bit in Blair's line of his, I, I guess, upper echelon of hot sauces. Uh, some of the milder sauces are very, very good. But he just uh, adds more and more of this extract just to make it hotter. 
And the hotter it gets, the worse it gets, I think. All right, uh, Scott Roberts. You can find him, scottrobertsweb.com. Scott, always appreciate the time that you give the show every month, and we will look for you again in May. All right, sounds good. All right, take care. There he is, Scott Roberts from scottrobertsweb.com. All right, I think Scott just said that he would rather lick somebody's sweaty ass crack. (laughs) Wait, he did say that. never know what that guy's going to say. I swear to God. 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. You know, I should have asked him about the uh, Survey Tuesday questions. Bad habit. Not asking guests their Survey Tuesday questions. All right, gang, let me talk to you real quickly about Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply. Let me pull a crazy picture up of this kook. You know him. There he is. It's Fred Bernardo. Now, look. There's unsavory businesses and creeping marauders at each and every turn on the Internet. I think we can all agree on that. But sometimes you're looking for a barbecue or grilling item that isn't anywhere in the neighborhood where you live or the next town over, the next town over from that, and your options have become very limited. You're now forced to go online to buy that item, or you're just going to have to go without it. The Internet grip sets in. The hands start to sweat. Your neck tightens. You've been screwed on Internet purchases before, and you don't want it to happen again. After all, this is your hard-earned money you're spending. You need to feel confident that the company you are buying from is honest and fair. Good news, folks. Let Fred Bernardo and the gang over at Tasty Licks BBQ relieve you of your Internet-buying stresses. Tasty Licks has one of the most complete inventories of barbecue and grilling items anywhere on the face of the earth. All the items that you see in Fred's website are in stock. They are ready to ship to you directly. Now, are there other places on the Internet that might find or that you might find an item cheaper? Sure. But are you going to get that item in any type of delivery time frame? Are you 100% confident that you're actually going to get the item that you buy? All great questions. No one can answer them with 100% assurity. But when you buy from Tasty Lakes Barbecue Supply, the items are in the store. They ship to you promptly, and everything in the store is priced fairly. Well, if you want to give Fred a call, try and work out of a further deal for yourself. He's a businessman. I'm sure he's happy to field your call. You can take it from there. Tasty Licks carries grills, smokers, ceramic cookers, electric cookers, various charcoal types, wood chunks and chips, cookbooks, accessories. If they don't have it, you don't need it. On top of all of that, Fred carries many of the other show sponsors in his store as well. So it's almost like a two-for-one. You're shopping at a sponsor and buying sponsors' products. It's the best of both worlds. And don't forget that Tasty Licks has their own line of barbecue sauces and rubs as well. You have to try those. Now, April 28th, coming up very rapidly, Kenny and Bob from the Barbecue Guru will be doing a demonstration at the Shillington, Pennsylvania store using the Guru on a big green egg and other cookers. Also, the Onyx Oven will be on demo as well. It starts at 11 o'clock. It's free. There's no registration. So show up on April 28th. Meet Bob and Kenny from the Barbecue Guru and see the exciting products. Also, head over to TastyLicksBarbecue.com and let the confidence exude from you as you make your online purchases, then enjoy your items upon delivery. And don't forget that Fred and the gang are there for you after the sale as well if you need help. TastyLicksBBQ.com. We're going to come back and wrap the show up right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. 
Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, coming up on four minutes till the top of the hour. Thanks again to Scott Roberts for uh, saying that he would lick a man's sweaty ass crack. Hello? What? Sweaty ass crack, I said. Uh, Survey Tuesday questions. Favorite commercial rub? Favorite barbecue grilling read or website? Favorite non-barbecue food? Uh, I am with Honey Rub. I am with uh, She Smoke, the uh, Backyard Barbecue and Grilling Guide by Julie Reinhardt. And a favorite non-barbecue food is a pizza, of course. Oh, where did it go? Oh, crap. Missed it. All right. So uh, let me uh, briefly reset what happened during the show. First hour at 914, we talked to Matt Dalton. We recapped his win in California this past weekend. We learned a little bit about how he got into competition barbecue, how they formed the team, uh, some flavor profiles that they came up with. Ribeye Steric. What's a ribeye steric? I don't know. Is that a new rant, Dave, that you're preparing for your next visit? Ribeye sterics? Um, they did a lot of like pre-planning before they hit the competition scene, right? I know, steak. So once they got in that first competition, they were able to get reserve grand champion and you know move on from there. Although it did take a little time for them to break through the glass ceiling and get uh, grand champion, which they were able to do this past weekend. So congratulations to Matt and the guys over at Left Coast Q. Again, their website is leftcoastq.com. Then we talked with uh, Chris Grove from nibblemethis.com. Chris is throwing caution to the wind. He's going to be joining the, uh, I believe it's two sauce to Two sauce to pork. Two pork to sauce. Two pork to sauce. I think it's two sauce to pork. Which sounds like it could be an excessive night at the bar. If you know what I mean. I don't know what you mean. He's going to be competing in Memphis in May. Something I am not going to be doing this year. Maybe next year. And they're cooking on grills that they have never cooked on before. He's going to be doing two sauce to pork. Yeah, I was right. Uh, He's going to be doing People's Choice. So with the likes of a Robin Lindars and uh, show fan favorite Eddie Lindars, of course, I mean Eddie Eddie Medlin. Duh. They're going to be doing the uh, People's Choice. So they're going to be doing a little regional exposition and reconnaissance on flavor profiles and then you know kind of meet those needs just like a good salesperson listens and then meets the customer's need with the product ensuring that you're not going to get any objections that's what they're going to be planning to do memphis and may of course we also talked about some of his sponsors and uh, he has that i mean if you you should just easily go to nibble me this just check out the pictures that he takes he's a very good photographer on top of all that then we talked with Kevin Bevington uh, around 14 past 10 o'clock. And we talked in depth about building fires and offset cook, which I think is probably one of the most under-talked about things that you know people just don't know about. So go back and listen to that if you missed it. 
A lot of great information shared because Kevin competed on a length for years, so he knows how to build and start a quality fire and then, of course, maintain that over the long haul. So check it out. And then, of course, we had Scott Roberts, who, amongst other things, is uh, licking men's ass cracks. I don't mean that. Just kidding. It's a joke. We reviewed the uh, sauces, uh, Big Mist's rub, and uh, two sauces, which the sauces were probably kind of a miss. A hands-down winner on tonight's battle between sauce and rub was uh, Neil Strauder's uh, Perfect Pork Rub. And you can get that at uh, Big Mister's website as well. Oh, great. My internet just crapped out. Wonderful. Everybody see me still? Audio just crapped. All right. Thanks again to my guest, Matt Dalton from Left Coast Q. If I could speak English right, Left Coast Q. Chris Grove, nibble me this. Kevin Bevington, homebbq.com and outdoorcookingchannel.com. And my last guest, Scott Roberts, scottrobertsweb.com. Let me remind you, control the rusty grill-grade population if you cook with raw cast iron. Reseason it after each and every cook. As it starts to cool down after you've scraped it off, hit it with a little bit of Pam, a little Crisco. Let it bake in as it cools down. It'll keep it nice and seasoned so no rust will form. You will have rust-free grill grates from here until five generations from now because you can just keep passing them down. Rattle cast iron will work for years. Also, September 11th, 2001, I will never forget. Next week, Shane Draper is in for your hosts. Treat him well. I'll be listening. May 1st, Huck Jr. is in. I will be back on the 24th of this month to do the in-between show, which is already jam-packed with Meathead, amongst others. Until next Tuesday, where Shane Draper will treat you right, just like the professional that he is. Your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.